If you're watching this channel, it's because you don't enjoy watching the world squander what Christendom built, but you want to do your part. And chances are you've heard me mention a great means by doing just that. Email made by and for Catholics. Check out fide.email. That's F-I-D-E-I dot email. Built for Catholic individuals, families, organizations, and groups. They're private, secure, and of course, they're Catholic. And they're offering two months off on your first year for an annual subscription if you enter the coupon code return to tradition without spaces that's the name of this channel without spaces at checkout you know perfect for the weekend we have some good news today though i do have some questions about the story that we'll talk about here and i'm going to reserve those for the end mostly but it's good news nonetheless and it's this a lay organization inspired by archbishop vigano is launching an effort to protect canceled priests to coordinate them so that they can offer the traditional Mass and sacraments. And they'll be focusing on the remote parts of North America, since a lot of traditionalists in America live a long distance from urban centers, and those areas are in the most need. And weirdly, traditional Masses are often in urban centers for the most part. Now this news gave me a lot of questions, so let's dive into the story. Headline from LifeSite News. New apostolate will connect canceled priests with scattered Latin Mass communities. We have received canonical counsel from canon lawyers that such arrangements could be set up on an emergency basis. Okay, so the news of this has been getting around, and frankly, some think it's unwise to have an organization that helps priests offer the traditional liturgy without the approval of the local ordinary in who governs the dioceses they operate in. Now, this point of view still prizes obedience to earthly authority, and one it's one that I think is an error over because our focus should be obedience and loyalty to the faith. And this is the crux of the issue, as you may have seen this topic debated on social media among the lay faithful. But the organization is something worth paying attention to regardless, because as I reported on this a couple of weeks ago, this is not a small deal at all. So from the article, quote, Protect Our Priests, a non-for-profit Catholic organization, has launched a new apostolate dedicated to connecting stable groups of Catholics across the United States with priests willing to provide for their spiritual needs. According to the organization, there are approximately 2,200 priests who have been canceled by their bishops in the U.S. alone, and they are the perfect pairing for communities deprived of their diocesan traditional Latin masses. There are currently more than 300 diocesan traditional Latin mass locations in danger of being canceled by bishops, said engineer James Michael Francis Komenecki, the president and CEO of Protect Our Priests. He said that the organization is currently working with Catholics in Maryland, Illinois, and South Dakota to set up private chapels together with priests to serve the faithful. The current need is greatest for locations west of the Mississippi River, due to the fact that alternatives such as the Priestly Fraternity of St. Peter, the Institute of Christ the King, and the Society of St. Pius X are often scarce due to long travel distances, Komeniecki said. Now, he explained that the organization plans to work within the structure of the Catholic Church and, according to canon law, to tend to the needs of the lay faithful. The clergy involved will be primarily diocesan priests who have been canceled by their bishops. We have received canonical counsel from canon lawyers that such arrangements could be set up on an emergency basis, similar to the highest good and the salvation of souls canonical argument used by the Society of St. Pius X, the SSPX, he said. The traditional Latin masses and locations will not be publicly promoted with a common time or location. 
This effort is underway as a response to the spiritual crisis triggered by Traditionis Custodis. In other words, the sole objective will be to provide the sacraments to, in the traditional rite for the lay faithful, desiring them and neither to cooperate with nor challenge the authority of the local ordinary and his priests. End quote. You may begin to see where the problem here lies. It's a bit of a mystery how offering what will be, strictly speaking, an illicit mass and illicit sacraments in a highly restricted form, how that's not going to be seen as a challenge to the local ordinary or their priests. By simply offering the sacraments without the permission of the bishops, they are de facto challenging the authority of the bishop. I'm not sure why they're shying away from that fact, because given the state of the church, maybe their authority should be challenged. The SSPX argument is that in a state of emergency, the church automatically provides permission for the offering of the sacraments, regardless of what an earthly authority may have to say on the matter. That is, of course, due to the first law of the church, which is the salvation of souls, being the primary mission of the church and all other laws of the church having to be subservient to it. And yes, I simplified the argument about what they call supplied jurisdiction, but if you want to know more, then the SSPX YouTube channel has videos on that subject that go into a lot of detail that isn't honestly all that essential for the discussion at hand. The key takeaway here, though, is that somehow this organization intends to offer masses locally that somehow won't challenge the local ordinary or his authority despite the organization using canceled priests to offer the sacraments, and they're going to be clearly doing this essentially in secret, hence why these masses are not going to be advertised. The focus will be initially in what they're calling remote locations, which are basically very rural areas that are a long distance from any licit TLM offered. Back to the article here. Quote, A considerable amount of disunity exists in many remote communities when the local TLM is canceled, Komeniecki said. In the Diocese of Corpus Christi, Texas, some Catholics will seek out a reverent Novus Ordo, while others may gravitate to the SSPX if available. Some may seek out an Eastern Rite Catholic solution but others might consider an independent chapel served by priests who are professed set of a contest. Protect our priests' hopes to prevent this scattering of the faithful. We will strive to offer everyone a way to remain united with Holy Mother Church with access to the TLM and sacraments via services offered by validly ordained and often canceled diocesan priests, Komeniecki said. We will continue to be open to other options as the program rolls out due to the fact that a significant disparity exists between the number of available priests and the number of canceled diocesan traditional Latin masses. The organization has historically have operated with a tiny annual budget, but expects its financial needs to increase significantly in the coming months. And uh, the article here has a link to a uh, way place you can go donate to them. I'll try to include that in the comments. Anyway, neither Komeniecki or any of the officers of the organization receives any compensation for their efforts. Donors are assured that 100% of the funds they receive directly aid priests and laity establishing chapel locations, end quote. Now, my first issue here is, look, I get it. A lot of people don't like set of a contests. I get it. I'm not a set of a contest, but I, I don't agree with their final take. But they are legitimate groups and they are Catholic groups. They just have a very draw a different conclusion from the crisis in the church than the rest of us. And I find that odd because the, you know, Vigano is treated as essentially a set of a contest himself. And as I, and the article goes on to quote Vigano's recent letter on all of this, which is him talking about establishing an underground church. And let's be honest with ourselves here. The institutional church in Rome 
is more tolerant of, say, the Society of St. Pius X, who are not a set of Acontists, than they are of Archbishop Vigano, for some obvious reasons, I think. Quote, Komniecki hopes that Protect Our Priests will succeed in answering Archbishop Carlo Maria Vigano's recent clarion call outlined in Exerge Domine, which I featured here on this channel a few weeks ago, to help displace clergy. Archbishop Vigano is also on record that it remains valid to offer the traditional Latin Mass under the conditions of the current persecution, as long as we continue to pray for the Pope for Pope Francis and the Church, Komniecki said. Archbishop Vigano has stated, quote, The Catholic faithful should open their homes to priests persecuted by the tyranny of the bishops allied with the elites, making them available for the celebration of the holy sacrifice of the Mass. Gathered around these domestic altars, the refractory communities will thus be able to continue to render due worship to the Holy Trinity and to benefit from the spiritual assistance of their ministers. And may fraternal charity, nourished by the sharing of the one faith and prayer, mark the beginning of a rebirth of the Holy Church, today obscured by mercenaries and traitors. We stand united with Archbishop Vigano, Komniecki said and we intend to put his sage counsel into practice across America. End quote. One thing that always gives me pause when I see this sort of action is the potential for fragmentation. Now, if you think arguing with modernists in the laity is bad, I'm sure many of you have done that, or how all too often the typical mass-attending Catholic thinks that trads are basically schismatics and that, or the next best thing to being in schism, they see no difference between us and essentially... East, the Eastern Orthodox, in fact, they treat the Eastern Orthodox better than a lot of trads. If you're aware of that, there's also a tendency towards fragmentation among those on the traditional Catholicism spectrum. If, for example, I say that I don't find the arguments about Benedict XVI being the real Pope until his recent passing all that convincing, some get enraged and can't believe I don't fall into their particular sub-camp of the broader traditional movement. Others will ostracize you for not being a full-blown set of a contest, and others will accuse you of being a set of a contest if you accept that John Paul II and Benedict XVI were real popes, but that maybe Francis isn't, despite what I just said not fitting the definition of set of a contest at all. The point is this. Traditional Catholicism is already fragmented, and I'm not the only one noticing this. I'm going to pivot here a little bit. A writer at Marco Tosati's website notices this problem, too. Tosati is an Italian journalist who covers all things Vatican, and he runs his own independent site. He often gets Vigano's letters that the rest of the Catholic world just doesn't get, and I then give them to you. So to give you an idea of his connections here, he knows Vigano personally. A writer on his site points out this broader problem in traditional Catholicism, and I think it does need to be addressed. So from that essay, quote, It is a question that has to do not only with the character of the people involved, but also with the different perspectives from which the problem is tackled. There are those who have a doctrinal approach, others historical, others liturgical, and so on. If it is true that everyone sees in the Council an important moment of rupture, some have an idyllic vision of the preconciliar church not unlike that of the modernist party, which exalts the primitive church. Others, on the other hand, have a more correct, more reasoned vision of the problem seeing in the Council a very important moment in a crisis that began well before. But then there is another question, which in my opinion is even more important in the American world, Th that of those who are outside mainstream Catholic traditionalism, the set of contests, the set of materialists, those who believe Benedict XVI was the legitimate Pope and Francis is an anti-Pope, and all those who hold ecclesiological positions 
which in one way or another question the validity or the legitimacy of the recent pontificates. Even if their differences with Catholic traditionalism are in serious matters, nevertheless, they share a great deal with the others regarding the Catholic tradition. If it is very difficult to think of union with these groups, in some cases very numerous, it is not so easy to think that it will be easy in the other cases. For charity, I think that many of those who take this type of approach are in perfect good faith, but as I said, in my opinion, they have a very superficial view of the problem. A bit like the other slogan, let's all love each other. It would be nice if we didn't keep in mind the reality of who we are. End quote. That superficial view he's referencing there is the belief that basically we're all trads so we'll all easily get along. The unite the clans thing. But in other words, keeping us all unified, especially under the leadership of laymen working with canceled priests who are trying somehow to not torpedo the authority of the local bishop is a Herculean task. And look, I hope this group is successful. But I fear that our own divisions and the sinful treatment of one another that most of us engage in from time to time and are the consequences of all this will undermine these efforts. And I hope I'm wrong about that. But I'm curious, do you think what you're seeing there is a good idea? Do you think there's no way to offer the TLM against the wishes of Traditionis Custodis without undermining the authority of the bishop? Let me know what you think of this in the comments, please. And like and subscribe if you haven't, it does help. And so does sharing this on social media, that helps a lot too. And as always, pray for the church. I'm Anthony Stein. Ave Maria.